the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report, and we have a great show as always. Great to be together. Today, I would say, is a day that we need to talk about what you need to know, which is the um, Maricopa County Audit. Maricopa County Audit. We'll get to that in a moment. Don't forget, please visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and uh, check in on all the cool stuff there, interviews, segments, as well as sign up for the daily email that goes there. So uh, sign up there, ProAmericaReport.com. Okay, what you need to know, what you need to know today. Heading into the weekend, the Maricopa County Audit dropped. What did we see? What are some of the factors around the Maricopa County audit? First of all, did you know, did you know, did you know that the that Maricopa County in Arizona is the fourth most populous county in the whole country? Fourth most populous county in the whole country and it has 13,000 13,000 employees. So 13,000 employees serving just over 4 million people in one county. Wow. I mean, for my home state of Missouri has only about 6 million people total. So that's a big county. Okay. It's a big county. That's a big bureaucracy. 13,000 employees. At the time that I worked for the governor of Missouri, I was his chief of staff. I think we had just under 20,000 employees. So you're talking about one of the biggest political entities in the country. Fourth most populous county, but also just in terms of logistics, one of the biggest, you know, bigger than many states. Okay, so what do we have? Well, it's taken months and months and months, right? And so the group that did the audit is called Cyber Ninjas. And they had some of the, the big uh, auditors had COVID that was in the news. They have finally come out. And, but before the, the, the um, audits came out, what did we see? Over the last three days, and I talked about this on the show, we saw that there was already pre-spin happening. There was pre-spin happening starting uh, early Thursday. It heated up Thursday night into Friday. And the early spin was, oh, yeah, nothing to see here. Uh, Basically, there was no real fraud, and it confirms that Biden won. Now, who was the spin by? Well, it was by Maricopa County because Maricopa County, the people that run it, have been against the audit. They've been asked to have the audit by the state Senate, the state legislature. So there's been this antagonism back and forth. In addition, national establishment uh, 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 officials have been going uh, about this and have been saying there's nothing to see here, including a guy named Ben Ginsburg. And Ben Ginsburg is a lawyer, uh, has been a lawyer for Republicans in the past, but of the swamp type, not a Trump guy. And so he is uh, joined with Democrats to say, oh, nothing to see here. This is nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. So what did we find out? Well, I've only looked at the, the um, I've only looked at the audit a little bit. I saw details. I saw some details. Details, mostly the broad strokes. And I think what you're going to have is two things. You're going to have some people that say, see, they didn't find the smoking gun. But you're also going to have some people that say, look at all that, all the 
problems there. Look at all the unknowns. How can you have a system to be confident in if you can't see where this stuff went, where these votes went, how it went about? And, you know, admittedly, I don't I don't see yet one thing where you can say, hey, this is the end of the world. This is something that has to be done, but it's pretty damning. And what's going to be interesting to see is how the senators in Arizona, the state senators and the state legislature in general decides to move because they're the ones that have the authority to shut down, to do something about it. Now, most of what I think can be done is prospective, meaning you've got to do reform. But I don't know how you go back, right? Although there are some arguments about how you can go back. But, at the, but the, here's the bigger question. Will the Maricopa County audit become a momentum builder for other parties to take up the question of voter fraud and voter irregularities? That's where I think you're going to see something important. In other words, Pennsylvania is going to be heartened by this, and Wisconsin is going to be heartened by this, and even down in Fulton County, Georgia, they're going to be encouraged by this and say, hey, we got to get to the bottom of it. Now, time as you can imagine, is the enemy of changing the last election. I think I, I myself have thought for a long time that it's past the time where you can change the last election. But you can certainly make clear how either poorly run the election was, lacking in transparency, inability to audit it, or how there are gaping holes sufficient that you think, hey, there's fraud in there. There's, there's, there's real misconduct in there. There's real things that are, are not making sense in there. So that's what I would, what you need to know right now is Maricopa, it's not a knockout blow, but as I've told you before, knockout blows don't happen in politics. What you can expect in politics and in, in these kinds of settings is, is a thousand cuts, right? A thousand pieces, a thousand points that make an argument that you see more and more. And I think we've seen a major point in this race, in this, in this, in this situation, and I think we're going to see more. I'm, I'm waiting myself to see what Senator Fan uh, from Fan from Arizona does uh, at this point, because she's the one that was in charge, sort of the, t- the point of the spear. And we'll see uh, exactly what happens uh, going forward. You know, what what is the action that can be taken? What is it that the Arizona legislature has the stomach for? That kind of thing. Now, let me point you in another direction, though. The power of the early spin accompanied by big tech. So remember, we got big media, big tech, and big government. So big government is Maricopa County, you know, the the, the, the county establishment government, 13,000-plus employees saying, oh, nothing, probably did nothing wrong. Then you got big tech and big media spinning in the direction. Here's the question I have. I'll bring it up again, and this is why this is so important. If in all times, in all places, in all parties, there is such a thing as election fraud, let's just, I think that's true. It's like original sin. What we can say is in the last couple of years, maybe two years, three years, we've seen an acceleration of the power of big media and big tech, the narrative machine, to allow certain things to be gotten away with. Hunter Biden's laptop is one example. The Russia, Russia, Russia hoax is another example. The indictment last week of a lawyer who was involved in Russia, Russia, Russia. In other words, if you are a criminal and you want to commit crimes... You need to have a plan to get away with it. And if you suddenly have a situation where you can see that the powers that be in a situation, by the way, another uh, another total uh, fraud was the uh, narrative machine, what they did on January 6th. I mean, just totally. If you have a situation, though, where you're a criminal and you can get away with it, don't you think that you're looking around saying, huh, 
the power that changes the narrative, that shapes the narrative, will allow me to get away with this. I can actually get away with this in 2022. And so when I hear people say, oh, do you really think that they're going to steal the election in 2022? My answer is, I don't think we've ever had a situation where it's more obvious that the powers that be, big tech, big media, and big government, can control the narrative so profoundly. Did you know on Twitter the other day that the founder of the uh, CRT, Critical Race Theory Movement, his name is Professor Ibram Rendy, or I don't know how to pronounce his name, I forget it now. He teaches at Boston University. He tweeted a thank you to Jack Dorsey for the $10 million contribution. He said thank you. Jack Dorsey tweeted and said, we've given $10 million to Dr. Ibram for uh, continuing to bring race consciousness forward. And then he said, the doctor at Boston University who runs a center, he said, thank you, Jack. For the no-strings-attached $10 million. What? In other words, he didn't have a grant where you have to do reporting and you have to do any kind of uh, review. He just got cash money sent to him to push his point of view. Now, that's not illegal. It's problematic, though, when the people that are pushing that and have that point of view, Twitter, Facebook, Google, uh, YouTube, others, use the power of their platform to influence the narrative so profoundly. So again, if you're Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer, the Democrats, and you say, huh, 2022 should go against us. But wait, we have the ability in that in this setting to have if there are problems in the election, they'll never allow people to get to the bottom of it. They'll call them racist. They'll call them kooks. They'll call them out of the mainstream. We can just do we can. In other words, if you tell a criminal, it's hard to rob that bank because it's got cameras all over the place. But that bank over there, they don't have they, don't, they have zero cameras and they have no uh, a, a, no 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 cameras and no security guard. Which do you think the criminal is going to do? In fact, which do you expect that the person walking into a bank and says what free money? I, I I'll take that. That's what we're facing. That's what I think is so the the power of Maricopa's audit and others is to get people on their toes to what could happen in 2022. And don't tell me it's not like Lyndon Johnson's stuff in the ballot box in, in Texas in a Senate race. It's, 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 it's just it's, it won't happen. It's, it's too modern. No, the narrative machine is more powerful than anything. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, we got to go to Pennsylvania to check in. There's a lot of news out of Arizona. There's a lot of news all over the place on election integrity. But my old friend Stan Casasio, Stan Casasio is the head of the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles in Pennsylvania. He's a businessman. Uh, he has what I, what I always tell people, Stan, is the very important uh, credential. Phyllis Schlafly used to say one of the most important things she ever did was run for office and not win. Because when you run for office, you learn how the system works from the inside in terms of candidates, in terms of elected officials. And Stan Casasio now is one of the uh, influential conservatives up in uh, Pennsylvania. He's based in Philly, too. And I thought we'd get an update on Pennsylvania from him. So welcome back, Stan. How are you? 
Hey Ed, how are you, how are you doing? Yeah, and I ran for office against Pat Meehan, and I lost, and I and I learned a lot of stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I used to tell. <laughs> yeah, I used to tell Phyllis it's not very pleasant when she always says she used to give that warning. All right, so tell me, uh, Stan, Pennsylvania, uh, obviously on election day two thousand, lots of stuff that looked off, um, but we haven't heard as much. You know, Arizona's doing their audit, releasing their audit actually, and other places. D- do Pennsylvanians believe the election was free and? Fair in 2000? What's happening there? I would say a majority of the Pennsylvanians, at least uh, a clear majority, believe something was wrong with the election. Right. There were too many things that happened. One of the frustrating things has been we control the House and Senate in Pennsylvania. That's number one. Right. But they've taken no action against the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, which is like five to two uh, Democrat. And some of these people on that board uh, on the Supreme Court are extremely political people. Um, They overturned all the guidelines for the election. And instead of doing something proactive at that time to prevent the uh, election fraud that did ultimately happen, in my mind, um, they did nothing. And that is because uh, there are a number of leaders in the Pennsylvania Republican Party who are never Trumpers, who mm. are embedded intensely in the establishment, and who are nothing more than rhinos. I mean, uh, I affectionately call supposedly the most important and powerful Republican senator in Pennsylvania, um, Jake the Snake Rhino Corman, uh, <laughs> because he has done nothing. To, to help. In fact, Doug Mastriano, Senator Mastriano, when this all started to happen with the uh, with the election, and everything else, he was all over it because he knew the statistics were showing something was wrong. In fact, in Montgomery County, there was a guy that supposedly voted was one hundred and twenty five years old. I'm still looking for the guy because I want to know what he's drinking, <laughs> you know. So. Yeah. Uh, so this is the stuff that's going on. So anyhow, Mastriano. Um, went to Arizona. Jake was invited to go. He didn't go. Jake was invited to meet the president. Oh, I got something else to do. So Jake has not been part of any effort in order to do anything. So finally, Mestriano is getting a lot of attention. And you know what happens with the establishment. They, number one, they get jealous. Number two, they're political hacks. Number three, they're probably getting money from tons of Democrats. In fact, Jake is. And uh, I think his wife is a Democrat, actually. Hmm. So so all of a sudden, he fires Mastriano's staff. Now, he says he didn't fire him. He just relocated him somewhere else. That's a pretty interesting strategy. So it tells you where he is. Yeah, right. So meantime, we've been begging for a forensic audit. And guess what? He doesn't do anything. Finally, the pressure gets on him because people like us are getting on his case and he's getting letters all over the place. So he does a subpoena after slow walking it. This subpoena, basically, all it does is look at the machines that were counted. It doesn't do any of the forensic auditing that's really required to find out the timestamps, what people went into, how people hacked into these machines. So for all practical purposes, we've got a Republican leadership that is doing everything to slow walk an audit to prevent election fraud in the future. And I got to tell you, what linked this all together is you've got these open borders. You've got a million people coming into the country this year illegally. You've got equivalent of every month somewhere close to 100,000 people coming in. That's equivalent to the Montgomery County 
right. coming into the United States. Where are these people going to go? And right. they're going to go out there and register these people left and right. Meanwhile, I have to, I'm supposed to go to a show at the Keswick Theater tonight. And I have to be tested and retested and everything else to get there. Meanwhile, a million people are coming in and not even testing them. Yeah, no, it is. is It's and woke. It's no, it's never ended. Yeah, it's uh, we're talking with Stan Casasio. By the way, Stan Casasio himself is a radio host. He hosts a weekly program program over at w, WWDB AM 860. If you go to WWDBAM.com, you can track it down. And uh, and I, I got to tell you, some of the topics I get emails from you, Stan, uh, that the show is called Don't Back Down. And uh, last week's show was about school boards, everything that's going on in school boards. There's lots of lots of energy and lots of action. Before we get to that, I do want to ask you a couple more questions about the, uh, Pennsylvania. But uh, you mentioned Senator Doug Mastriani. I mean, you know, you guys have created some heroes uh, over the years. Lou Bartletta, when he was in the uh, legislature, uh, the Congress was a fearless guy. Even as a mayor, he was fearless on immigration. Uh, you know, to me, not so much. Uh, but Doug Mastriani, I, I, I hope he is. Uh, oh, to me, you're talking to me. Uh, to me, you're talking about uh, Arlen Specter two point <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But is, so is Doug Mastriani being encouraged and fortified? And is he will he be, uh, you know, succeeding going forward? Or are they trying to isolate him? Is he feeling beleaguered? I want to encourage that guy. He's been he's been super before it was ever cool to be uh, on the right side of things. Well, let me tell you something about Doug and his wife. First off, I know him personally. He is I'm not the most religious guy in the world, as you know, even though I was an altar boy in the Vatican. That was the height <laughs> of my religious career, by the way. Um, peaked early. He peaked early. Moral in- yeah. <laughs> he is a deeply moral individual. He is uh, he is somebody that's put his life on the line for his country because he served in the military. You know, he was a colonel. So he's, uh, he, he's taken bullets for us. This man, one of the things I love about him, he is a strategic thinker, very bright guy. And he's always thinking about, well, there's a roadblock there because he knows when a battle starts, usually the plan that you had is out the window like in two seconds. Right. So he's constantly figuring ways to flank the enemy on the battlefield. And he's come up with some really interesting things. It was him who was able to come up with a strategy to get a, a, a approval of an amendment by the, the population of Pennsylvania voting to eliminate the uh, – uh, the power control, the state of emergency, unlimited state of emergency that the governor had. Now it's restricted. So the governor doesn't have any more state of emergency. They only do it for like 30 or 60 days. Wow. That was because Doug strategically thought. So he was doing the same thing with this. He is not backing down, even though he's been kind of ostracized by the establishment. And there's a few people out there. There are many other people supporting him. Uh, we have Audit the Vote Pennsylvania. There are three women involved in this group. They're unbelievable people. You should get them on. There's Tony Shoup. There's Karen Taylor, Jamie Shetfield. These people have gone in and actually gone to Harrisburg and got to with Jake and said, wait a minute, Jake. In fact, they determined that Jake got $70,000. Uh, from a, a thing called Transparency USA, which is run by the chief fundraiser of the Democratic Party in Montgomery County. And once they found out that they were they saw this on the online, they they said, oh, that was an error. And they removed it. So here's a guy getting money from Democrats. And these girls really have gone out. So we're keeping the pressure on. And Doug is keeping the pressure on by just doing what he does. Hmm. He just continues to do what he does and fight. So he's not going to back down. 
Uh, we're so talking really important thing. Yeah, to we're, 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 ta- we're talking uh, we're talking with uh, Stan Casasso of Pennsylvania, leader of the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles up there, businessman and uh, active in politics. Uh, Stan, we just got a minute or two left. Um, Pennsylvania, is it is it because of the Biden policies now? Can you say uh, if there ever was a time where Pennsylvania would get more uh, conservative for or at least more sort of uh, center right populist, it would be now. Do you feel that up there or, or is the division still? I don't know, 50-50? What do you feel like in the state? Well, there's definitely, I like to call it common sense people thinking logically about problems and saying, wait, this isn't working. And I think, yes, we do have a lot more of them. I have a number of Democratic friends who uh, have come to me and uh, have said that they they really uh, have rethought their votes because some of these people were in the energy industry and they've lost their jobs. Right. You know, the whole thing is crazy what's going on. So the upshot is, yes, we clearly listen. Trump won Pennsylvania huge last time. There's no doubt about it. But when you continue to count votes until you get the right number, it's pretty hard to win. And unless (laughs) these people in our legislature do their job and repair the voting system, there should be no machines connected to the internet there should be nothing connected to the internet some of these machines they found had wireless uh car uh, chips in them they should not have that voting machines should be nothing more than glorified adding machines not connected to anything the old clicking adding the old clicking voting machines that ran a tape off at the end of the day were the greatest thing because they were never hooked up to anything you couldn't hook them up to the electricity even <laughs> half the time but they right. worked they worked. You know? right. So we need to go back to that. I mean, I have some people saying, hey, we want paper ballots in a bucket, uh, basically. Yeah. So uh, so those are some of the things that they have to do. And if we don't do that, you know, Ed, no matter what we do, we can't win. Yes, exactly. When you rig something and then you got 96 percent of the media that are so corrupt. Look what well, look what Hunter Biden's laptop. Yep. All the BS that they said, oh, that's not true. It's Russian uh, disinformation. Turns out even their own people are saying, hey, guess it's true. Hunter Biden and his father were wreaking all kind of million dollars from everywhere. I mean, you had to be an idiot not to see it. Well, that was Stan Casasio. Sorry about that. We sort of the interview was truncated there, but we are so pleased to have him on. Stan Casasio uh, is the head of the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles in uh, Philadelphia and in Pennsylvania, the whole state. A great guy. And again, I'll put up on social media all of his details. He is a uh, super leader up there, a businessman, a radio host, as well as a former candidate himself. Uh, so if you're up in the Philly area, we're really interested to hear about Doug Mastriani, the state senator, and what they're doing in terms of trying to get a re- audit. So we'll look forward to hearing more about that in the future. All right, everybody, we will take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's reckoning time. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. You hear of him. You hear him frequently. I mean, not so frequently. He steps uh, behind the microphone, gets out from back behind the microphone. Well, I don't know what he does. He gets off the engineering stuff and gets in. Noah Dingley, our great producer, who will weigh in. But more importantly, it's a reckoning time because, I don't know, two or three weeks ago, he leaned in hard. He said, I know Larry Elder. I know California. I know everything. I'm uh, the producer of the Pro-America Report. 
And it's going to be a just an awesome recall of Gavin Newsom. And Governor Elder is going to make me ambassador to Guam. I didn't say the last part. So Noah Dingley comes back for another segment of Noah Says. Noah Says he wants to talk about the Los Angeles Dodgers playoff chances, but we're not getting letting him off the hook that easily. So Noah, what happened? Well, I think it's pretty clear because if you want to flash back to the 2020 election, I also called for a Trump red wave landslide. And if you take (laughs) into account all the states that, we'll just say this, had some nefarious actions going on past election night when mysteriously all the polls closed uh, and then opened back up the the following morning, uh, it would have been a landslide. Now, maybe the same thing didn't happen here, but all the same mechanisms were in effect. All the mail-in voting was into effect. You heard all the different stories about people, uh, good independents and Republicans. They went to vote. They had already voted. They were told they already voted. Go home. And so there was a lot of things going on with this election. Uh, I was hoping turnout was going to be the solution to the problem. I don't think that's how we solve elections going forward, Ed, because it's apparent they can make up whatever number they need to make sure they stay in office or get into office. Well, okay, but you know, one of the problems is I agree with you on 2020. When you looked at it and you said, wait a second, the whole country went one way, and in six small jurisdictions, meaning smaller geographical, you know, county here, Maricopa County and all, it went the other way. But boy, oh boy, um, I don't know. It was like two to one. I, 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 when I finished that night, and of course we had great coverage on the, uh, on the answer San Diego with Andrew Kay and I, we went, you know, had all sorts of guests and all. When I finished that night and I stared at the ceiling, I thought, I, in some ways, it proved that California is, you know, it's not close. It's not close. Well, did it? Uh, and because there's a lot of people that believe that uh, there's even a possibility that Trump really could have taken California, and maybe he did. I point again to, I know I, it's like a broken record because I already mentioned it. But I heard of not just one or two, but many different instances where you had voters going to vote and they had already voted. That, to me, speaks volumes. Well, and you told us that night you had an interesting experience at the polling place. I tell, did. tell, remind our listeners of that. Yeah, to remind us that. Not going to call out the polling place. That's not how I operate. But I went, and originally I was going to go drop off my mail-in ballot against my better judgment. I was low on time, and so I'm like, okay, I, I need to get it in. I need to say I voted. And then I went to the polling place, which again I will not name. And I'm like, well, I drop it off here, and five feet from me to the left, well, there's the live polling place. I'll just vote live that that's what my American duty and responsibility is. So I told the person, hey, let's cancel this ballot. Let's rip it up. And they literally tried for close to almost 10 minutes, Ed, convince me on why I needed to turn in my mail in ballot and not go vote live. That's another thing. Okay, for me, yeah, I said, you know what? I know what the mail in ballot can cause. Let's know. And I told him why. I'm like, it might be quicker to give you this ballot. It's going to be safer. It's going to be more secure. And again, it's my patriotic duty to go live to the polling place. Others, maybe they would have been convinced otherwise. And I don't know how much that happened on Election Day as well. 
Hmm. I, you know, I, I guess my, I, this is one of the problems with the result because a lot of people, and I, you can hear it in my own, uh, we're talking, by the way, with Noah Dingley, our producer of the program and, a, and a, a astute observer of politics. He also produces, uh, Andrea Case program. But you can always hear it in my, um, way I'm looking at it. It was, it wasn't close enough for me to think they stole it. Now, your point is, why, why do you, you know, why, are, if, if you can steal 10 votes, you can steal uh, a million votes. And I, you know, I suppose that's right. What about the momentum, though? Um, you know, again, Noah, you you would hear from and see because the answer San Diego and all our, our programs, the energy of the conservatives is how disheartening was this that it didn't turn out better? Well, it is disheartening because we really saw Larry Elder, a lot of people that, again, they don't even necessarily had to have been Republicans. There was a lot of people on board with this recall movement that were Democrats. They were independents. They were fed up Californians that wanted to make a change in the state. And they really wanted Larry Elder in there. They saw what he stood for, that he was somebody that called out all the political uh, shenanigans. Uh, he's, he's a man of common sense. He's a great communicator at the end of the day and yeah it might have been a little bit deflating but Larry Elder I don't think has made an official decision on what he wants to do going forward some say he will stay in state politics others say he has greater aspirations I hope either of those is true because we need more people like Larry Elder if we're going to take this country back and I don't think people should give up just yet wait a minute what do you mean is he going to run for president the, I have heard down through the grapevine that there may be, again, maybe, not yes, uh, that there may be other political aspirations for him. Uh, and if, if that is where he is headed, I'm okay with that because we need somebody at the state level, eventually the national level, that's going to stand up for conservatism. And as of right now, other than people like Larry Elder, I don't see people doing that. It is, um, I guess, so, and, and I, I, I'm sorry to admit this, that I don't know the answer. Is he going back on his radio show? I've had people ask me that immediately after. They're like, will he be back? Will he be back? Has, has that official word been out? Is he going to do a show? I haven't heard an official know word, but I have heard that, you know, if he comes back to his radio show here across the Salem Radio Networks, that obviously with uh, the movement that he started with conservatism here in California, really trying to take this state back at, at, on a, in a true grassroots effort, that that's going to be just great for his radio show. And I agree with that as well. He, I think, pick up, you know, so many more listeners because I think that true conservative California base has been energized and that could only be huge success for his radio show. I mean, I think that's true. The only question is, um, once you know, he's he's what sixty three or sixty four, and he may say to himself, um, "I can have a bigger impact right now," as you're pointing out, in some sort of political fight. You know, run for governor again, uh, run for U.S. Senate. I don't know. Run. You know, there could be. There's a number. Yeah, of things. I don't know. All if, right. You know, um, if he wants to keep it local here in California, too, Ed, that's that's perfectly fine. But why I like him on the politi political stage, and not to say that I wouldn't welcome him back to radio, I most certainly would. It's that and Andrea Kay and I talk about it on a regular basis. You and I don't get to share as much on the air together. I don't see more than a handful of real conservative Republicans standing up and fighting back for this country. And it's embarrassing to say that they're the same ones over and over again. And a handful isn't going to take this country back. We need more. and We need more patriots like Larry Elder. Yeah, I think... Um 
uh, I think you're right about that. I think also he you you can't underestimate a great communicator. You know, you could say, oh, well, you know, so-and-so is good. If you succeed in radio for 30 years like he did, it's a little bit like Ronald Reagan, who succeeded in, in, in TV and film for 30 years. You know, you, you just have a natural. It's it, it, Actually, it looks like it's natural. It's not natural. It's 30 years experience, and he's really good at it. So, um, okay, what about one quick follow-up on something? Uh, they made a lot of they made a big deal out of Orange County, uh, looking like it's more uh, purple than red. What's your read on that? I have family in Orange County. I travel up to Orange uh-huh. County quite a bit. And again, if I'm giving my personal read on it, I think Orange County may be the reddest part of California. And San Diego is certainly conservative, but. I think Orange County is solid red. I, I have seen more Trump signs, uh, more rallies, let, you know, it, it leading into the 2020 election. Uh, hearing from different family members with this recall election, and you know, just going up there and you know, watching people uh, it, with with different events. There would be no, you know, people not wearing masks, and this was even before the huge vaccine push. Not really caring what the state officials were saying. I'm. I say it's solid red. So was the anomaly um, your your thoughts is it could be fraud? Could be. Uh, it m- most certainly could be. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, I don't even think they're done counting the votes yet, to be to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, pretty much it, you know, my dismay and your dismay Ed, during our election night coverage of the gubernatorial election recall. Uh, just a couple of hours in, they called it and said, nope, can't make up enough votes. He's, you know, Newsom solidly the winner. Yeah. And that was a narrative I think they should not have yeah. painted. And again, with some yeah. of the things that I experienced, this isn't just making stuff up. I experienced certain things personally. I've heard of other people experiencing things with, again, the, you know, hey, you've already voted. No, I haven't. Uh, things aren't adding up. And this is not this is not good for elections. Again, election reform is something that is needed, I think, in all 50 states. It needs to, we need to get our votes secured. Uh, last question now. Uh, Noah Dingley, we're talking to the great producer of our program, and uh, also Andrew Kays and has his own uh, program. Um, okay, playoffs. How afraid, how scared are you <laughs> that the Dodgers are going to make it to the wild card and have to face my St. Louis Cardinals in a one-game playoff down in Chavez Ravine, and you're going to get to see Adam Wainwright striking out Al, Al, um, a Pujol, Albert Pujols to end the ninth and win and go on to the playoffs. How worried are you about that? Well, I'll be very honest with you. I have been watching the standings like a hawk, and I really, truly believe we take the West. We're within a game of the Giants. It's definitely doable. We're fi- you know, finishing the season, I believe, with the, with the Diamondbacks, which is only going to help us, I hope. If we do get into that one-game playoff and we somehow just manage to get in through the wild-card door and have to play you guys, the Cardinals have been all kinds of just spectacular when it comes to postseason births. You can have a mediocre season. So you're scared. You so you're, so that you're postseason. scared. You're are a much you tougher are, are team. Wainwright is <laughs> no joke. But I also want to point out that uh, we have oh, somebody we uh, called Max Scherzer right now, and that would be a heck That's of a true. matchup. That would be fun. All right. Well, listen, as always, uh, the great uh, Noah Dingley, uh, scared of, of the St. Louis Cardinals, but it's important to face your fear and uh, other insights. Appreciate it very much, and thank you as always, Noah. You're welcome, man. My pleasure.
All right, there you go. That's Noah Says with Noah Dingley. We'll make sure. I get Every time I get off with this, I get a bunch of emails from anonymous people. It looks like Noah's accounts, but he says we got to have more Noah Says. Maybe we will. <laughs> we'll take a break, everybody, and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Shanghai-born CNN commentator Leanna Wen who is the former president of Planned Parenthood, outrageously said, quote, it needs to be hard for people to remain unvaccinated, end quote. Wen's opinion will infuriate those who have chosen a different path for their family, but she's only saying the quiet part out loud that other scientists-turned-policy experts are smart enough not to say. Not only is the vaccine mandate approach not working, it seems to be increasingly counterintuitive. Progress was being made against COVID prior to the mass vaccination when President Trump personally overcame the disease with early treatment. Senator Ron Johnson, Republican of Wisconsin, and other Trump supporters contracted the disease and then treated it early with enormous success. Please do not misunderstand me. I'm not saying that because the left wants to force vaccinations on everyone that conservatives should immediately refuse to get vaccinated. I think it's the duty of every American to do thorough research and make an informed decision about what is the best path forward for them and their family. However, the hill I choose to die on is the hill of top-down mandatory vaccinations for Americans to be able to participate in society. Mandatory vaccination is ideological, not scientific. No matter what the data shows, the true believers demand more vaccinations at any cost. So many so-called experts want to make the decision for you, for your spouse, for your children, and for everyone else you know. Bodily autonomy means nothing to them. Yet some are starting to see how outraged Americans can get when you try to take away their liberty. The College of Charleston in South Carolina reversed its mandatory vaccination policy, and other colleges should do likewise. The federal government has no business forcing you to make personal health decisions. The Fourth Amendment protection against unreasonable searches and seizures clearly applies to this situation. Sadly, federal bureaucrats don't seem to understand this any better than the scientists do. It's up to conservatives who want to conserve our constitutional freedoms to let the academics in their ivory towers know that we will not sacrifice our freedoms on the altar of fear. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Our mission, clearly stated at phyllisschlafly.com, is to enable and mobilize grassroots activism on behalf of cherished conservative values. You're encouraged today to go online and read the goals we support and those we oppose. Then join us. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and come back next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, quick uh, little wrap-up, not wrap-up, but uh, point you in a direction so you can see a lot of what has happened uh, in one place regarding the Hunter Biden cover-up. And I, what I want to encourage you to do is go to uh, Glenn Greenwald's Substack. Substack.com is a website where people, uh, independent journalists, go and they write and all. And he he has a um, a whole thread. If you go to Greenwald.stub, excuse me, Greenwald.substack.com. You can go there and you'll you can click through. You'll see how to work it there, and you'll be able to get basically the breakdown of 
who the journalists were that were carrying the water to cover up the Hunter Biden thing and who the CIA and, and, uh, and other senior intelligence officials that were feeding the line. And he, he, he called the headline is new proof emerges of the Biden family emails, a definitive account of the CIA media, big tech fraud. It's very well done. He lays it all out at the end of it. He also has a rumble, a video. It's about an hour on rumble and it's very good too. He's got a rumble page. So if you go there, this is worth doing. Now, you know, let me say this five, six days ago, I told you this was it. I mean, I think it maybe it's Friday or Monday. It might've been Monday. Uh, I told you this was it because there's a mainstream quote unquote mainstream book by a Politico writer who basically went out and confirmed that the Hunter Biden email exchanges that had to do with the big guy, that was Joe, Joe Biden, were all, at, at least, they were all irrefutable. They were, they were, he had genuine um, backing that they were not sort of made up. Meaning, like, I think some of them were, uh, some of them were um, uh, obtained, the, the Swedish government in a Freedom of Information uh, Act request, whatever their version is, they released some of them. And uh, other of the names that were in there, this guy contacted. And so it's not, you know, it's not a hundred percent. Somehow it could be faked, but it's pretty damning. And at this point, the leader of the free world has now had confirmed that there is a connection to Ukraine, Burisma, and China, whatever that hedge fund was. And yet, so there's two problems. Is our president compromised is one question. Is he, is he compromised? Is he covering for his son? Is he covering for himself? And the second question is, how can we ever trust Anything we hear from the media, I mean, they, they clearly went in the tank on this one. It's just stunning. So just check that out. As I said, as I told you three or four days ago, this was a big deal, this book, and it has turned out to be so. And now the question is, where does it go? And I told you a couple days ago, I called for the fact that somebody in Congress should go ahead and say, Joe Biden has to get his bank accounts out and make them available so we can see if he was getting 10% for the big guy, if that was really happening. Meanwhile, Hunter, Hunter Biden is now a painter and is getting $500,000 per painting. That doesn't sound suspect to you. I don't know what does. So I think this political book is a bigger deal. Uh, it, it's not a bigger deal than I said. I told you it was a big deal, but it's becoming a bigger and bigger deal. And I think you're going to see in the trajectory of these things that it becomes a full-blown scandal. And we'll see what happens there. So, all right, that's what I want. I just want to make sure to tell you. Greenwald.substack.com. And you can click through to his uh, Rumble page. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.